This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. I decided that if masks are going to be the thing for the foreseeable future, then let's make masks, masks the new sexy. Let's make them the new cool. So I spent the weekend making masks. Oh, that's exciting. Yep. I've got an alien. I've got several dinosaurs. Um, I've got some ducks. I've got a peacock. Actually, I've got some really cool fabric in my collection. I should probably do the same. Jack and I might do that this afternoon, make some sexy-ass masks. Good plan, Sam. And who are we introducing today? Today it's my great pleasure to introduce a a friend and a colleague uh, in the community space, Andrew Watson. Andrew is – I asked him to describe himself, and he said he's a husband and father, which I thought were wonderful things to start with. Um, he's the manager of a driver operator centre here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty for Toy EDA, and he's also a performer and director, currently directing a Christmas show uh, for Theatre Fakatani. Welcome, Andrew, and thanks for joining us today. Kia ora. Kia ora, Andrew. You're in Fakatani? Yes, yeah, I'm based right in the heart of Whakatane. Uh, we, we shifted up from Wellington three years ago to, to live the, the good life. In the, in the Bay of Plenty. It's great in Wellington, but Whakatani is just a very relaxed, uh, small community where yeah, it's just really enjoyable. The climate is better and uh, really, really good. So I still haven't got my head around how to describe last year's bubbles and this year's bubbles. Let's go for last year first. How was your lockdown last year? Uh, last year for me was, the lockdown was probably busier than my, my normal week in that uh, Toy EDA worked with the, the local Chamber of Commerce to reach out to businesses to see how they were going through the bubble. And so I worked particularly hard working with them, calling out to businesses, uh, working on their, their customer database. So my wife commented that uh, I actually spent more time working during lockdown than I did normally. Is that the development agency? Yeah, the Economic Development Agency uh, for the Eastern Bay of Plenty. How is Eastern Bay doing? The, they seem to be doing very well. The, um, yeah, during the, the first lockdown, it looked a bit tough for people, but they've bounced back really well. And we've, we've seen a lot of businesses really start to pick up. Uh, the, in Apuriki, the Mussel Farm has, has opened up and they're, they're doing particularly well. They're now one of the bigger employers in the region. Uh, we're seeing a lot of projects happening around the place that are having a positive effect on employment and on on consumer spending. And how did it feel going into this year's round of lockdown? More of the same? We got this? Um, There was, yeah, an element of of we've got this. I think there was a little bit of disappointment, uh, certainly from my perspective, that, oh, no, is this going to be as big and as long as last time? And I guess for, for us it's not, but... You've got a feel for the Aucklanders who are uh, into, what, six weeks now of level four. Um, some of the hospitality businesses, I think, are taking a little bit longer to come up to speed. Uh, we, we frequent a lot of the, the local businesses around here, and certainly the, there seems to be a few less people that I've seen in, in some of the, the coffee shops. Uh, however, last night we went out to dinner at uh, the local Korean place, Seagull, and it was packed and it was absolutely fabulous so i guess they're going to be doing all right and have you got kids at home no both of my daughters are grown up now 
So one's in Whanganui, uh, she's, she's married, and the other one's in Wellington, and she's getting married in December down in Tekapo. So uh, yeah, both grown up, both um, young adults doing, doing what they love in the world. Must be a difficult time to be organising an event like that. Yeah. Um, They're just going ahead, are they? They are going ahead at the moment. Uh, we've, we've got another friend that's getting married in, in Wellington in mid-November. Uh, we're heading down for that. But yeah, everybody is certainly just on edge, I guess, about events and whether they can go ahead, uh, whether there'll be any restrictions. But at this stage, yeah, even, even with theatre, we are watching closely to make sure that we can have hopefully more than 50 patrons in the theatre. So, yeah, in terms of, of going to Tikapur, um, looking forward to it. It's a beautiful part of the country. And, uh, yeah, I hope for my daughter that we can all get to meet down there. Are they getting married in the the In the church? The Good Shepherd. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's really exciting. Um, I've only been to Tikapur once before, and that was probably 40 years ago. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to get back down to that part of the country and having a look around. And it'll be the time to do it without the hordes of tour buses coming through yeah, the little town. Absolutely. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Elvis, If I Can Dream. Why this one? Um, I, I love the words of the song. I've been an Elvis fan ever since I was pretty much able to, to stand up and listen to music. Um, but just the words of it is it's all about being a better place in the world. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue if I can dream of a better land Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why, oh why, oh why Can't my dream come true Oh why There must be peace and understanding sometimes Strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on everyone, tell me why. Oh, why? Oh, why won't that sun
remarked on this show many times before that Fakatani seems to punch above its weight in terms of all of the things that it's doing. I hear now it has a theatre company. Yes, so Theatre Fakatani is it's very well respected within the community from what I can gather. When we were living in Wellington, we heard a lot about it and reached out to some people before we moved up here. And they've they've always had a good reputation for putting on some amazing shows. So um, when we first moved here, there was Mamma Mia. And I've heard from some people that that was as good as they have seen anywhere else. Um, personally, I wasn't involved in that one other than doing a little bit of backstage uh, just to get to know people. But yeah, that was very well um, recommended in the community. Uh, we've just recently finished Phantom of the Opera, which um, was a, a huge success for the theatre. It was their second attempt at it because we were supposed to go on and then lockdown hit us last year. So we reconvened this year and put on that production. And uh, we have what they call the local Zoni Awards, which are kind of like the, the Tony Awards, but just in the small zones of New Zealand. And Theatre Fakatani's had a lot of nominations for both uh, Vicar of Dibley, which they did last year, and Phantom this year. So, uh, and the, the sort of talent that we've got coming through Theatre Fakatani is absolutely incredible. Uh, for such a small town, there's yeah, some amazing performers, singers, dancers, actors. They're, they're right up there. Moira described you as a a director and an actor, a performer. Which do you prefer? Oh, it's hard to say. I, I do enjoy getting out on stage and, um, and and performing. It's it's great to be there and, and get the audience reactions, seeing the smiles on their faces, um, hearing the, the, the feedback from them. But also there's an element to directing, which is reading a script. And as I read it, I almost pull together a little video in my mind of what it's going to look like. And then when you audition and you get these people and you work with them to, to bring the best out of them and coordinate something that the audience will like. And there's something that I've always called the director's buzz, where it's hard work coaching people and, and working on their strengths, um, building them up to the point of opening night. And then opening night when that little video that I played in my mind six months ago works out and you see the enjoyment of the audience, that is just such an incredible high. And so yeah, directing very much is, is a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, but yeah, as is performing. And uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed both really. I wouldn't like to say one above the other. When you had to abandon Phantom and then come back to it, was it starting from scratch or was it, oh yeah, we got this, just a few quick rehearsals and you're off again? Yeah, we were just over halfway through rehearsals when it stopped the first time and some people couldn't make it back. There were a lot of young people in that that were heading off to university. Uh, our Phantom couldn't stay on, as were a few of the other principals, and so they went out and re-auditioned for some of those roles. So probably half of the cast that performed this year weren't involved last year. There was, a, I guess, a feeling through the cast early on that is this going to get stopped again? And there was just a little bit of, I guess, um, reluctance at first and some sort of concern that were we going to do another three months of rehearsals and go into lockdown? But as we got closer to, to opening night and realised that actually this is going to go ahead, the energy levels really lifted and we've made some amazing friendships out of going through that because it was so difficult. And uh, towards the end, we were spending sort of 10 hours on a Saturday, 10 hours on a Sunday in rehearsals, making sure that it was absolutely ready to go. So what are you working on now? Uh, what I'm working on now is the end of year show, which is Mystery on the Orient Express. So it's a, a variety show. So it is taking the audience on a journey as if they were on the Orient Express. So we're going through England, France, Italy, Switzerland, and Austria. And there's a lot of songs that kind of talk about the train journey and the different characteristics. 
So there's, there is a mystery. It's not a murder on the Orient Express. So nobody dies as a result of the show. And within the show, there is Sherlock Holmes, Dr. John Watson, Miss Marples, um, and Inspector Gadget are all helping to solve the crime. <laughs> um, or to solve the mystery, should we say. And uh, yeah, there's, there's some good fun antics as well as some some excellent music and dancing and just is that written locally or is that an international one uh, it's written by an australian um, um oh mary mcmahon is uh, the playwright that, that wrote it um and one of the, the good things about this one is that it being the, the, the author has allowed us a lot of flexibility with it. So she's recommended some songs that she thinks will work. Some of them would work in Australia, but not necessarily here. So we've had the freedom to change some of the songs to better address what you know what, what we want to do and how we want to do it. So I've, I've changed uh, three, no, four of the songs. Uh, some of them uh, through APRA, we weren't able to get the rights for at this time. So again, we, we've changed some of the songs and I've been able to build some of the comedy around those songs. Um, so it's it's lent itself very well to, to being adapted to, to our local environment. Because some of those big international ones, you don't have much wiggle room in how you put them on? No, things like Phantom and that, you, you do it the way Andrew Lloyd Webber wants it. And yeah, it, it's well known, so you can't really muck around with it. This isn't a show that's well known and it does lend itself very well to a lot of interpretation. Um, so yeah, I think it was done in Rotorua uh, several years ago as a Christmas show. And I've heard a lot of good things about that, but also there were some things that the director did there that aren't really in my style. And so I've been able to adapt it to, to work with my potentially little different sense of humor. And again, just like um, planning your daughter's wedding, those two things don't clash, do, do they, if you've got that sorted? We've absolutely got that sorted. It's very <laughs> tight. So our friend's wedding in Wellington is the 13th of November. And so we fly down to Wellington Saturday morning, fly back Sunday morning for our final dress rehearsal. Then the show opens on the 17th of November, runs through to the 27th of November. On the 29th of November, we fly to to Christchurch and drive to Tekapur. So there's there's no room to extend the show <laughs> for me, uh, but it's all very tightly planned. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'll work. <laughs> so, Absolute faith. So you're planning this, and at the moment we're in, in a lockdown that the show couldn't go on, but we're presuming that something's going to change by then? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're optimistic about how it's going to go. We did our first rehearsal on the Tuesday that uh, the Prime Minister announced the lockdown. So we had about three quarters of the cast were able to do a, our first read through at the theatre and then went home and locked down. And throughout level four and level three, we held Zoom rehearsals, which is was good for a read through and get to meet the cast, but it's very really difficult um, to do any musical dancing through through Zoom, and uh, my wife's the choreographer for it. So we've been doing videos in the garage for the, the choreography and then putting that app onto to a Facebook page so that the cast can learn during level three. And then when we, we hit level two, they were able to come along having at least a basic idea of what they needed to do. So it was, it's, it's different. Never had to do a show like this before, <laughs> but we've... We've had to use technology to, to change the way we do things and it, it's helped to bring people together in a way that we, we couldn't do it in a face-to-face -face environment. Did you have any misunderstandings of things that would, how you would represent something on a video that when you get onto a stage, it like, that didn't work? Um, we haven't seen that yet because we the main bit we've done through video is a read-through and then through the, the, the video of the dance, one of the things with dance, it's very hard to learn from watching somebody um, on camera and they're saying, now you move your right hand here and your left hand here. But it did give them an overall view of the, the dance move so that when we got to it, 
they they kind of had a feeling of where they were going and then we just had to do the physical parts of it um, but now that we're back in the theater we can still have um, social distancing so we we're starting to put people on where they would like to be on the stage but just a little bit further apart than they normally would be and uh, yeah since we get to the lower level two and uh, potentially level one we'll be ready to go watching over the weekend watching british panel shows and you can tell the ones of course that were made pre-lockdown because the people are sitting close to each other and yeah. the, the ones more recent they're sitting far apart and sometimes with perspex between them and then when, when you go back to an old one it seems kind of weird that they're sitting so close together why, why are they all so crunched in i wonder if it's going to change our perception of what conversation is like or, or how people interact I think it will. Um, yeah, COVID has probably changed our lives forever in the, the way we do things. And I think it will be a while before we get back to the usual way of doing things, which um, in a small town is you know, you, you, you're used to just interacting very closely with people. You you see somebody that you know when you, you go into a coffee shop and it's hugs and um, you know, everybody's saying hi, walking along the street. They, they smile at each other with masks. It's it's difficult to see those smiles. You can sort of see a bit of a glint in somebody's eye, but you lose a lot of that. Um, the, the facial expressions that would normally show um, some sort of friendship or, or interaction. And I met somebody for a coffee the other day, and, and when I saw them in the street, I'd have a double look before I realised that that was the person I was meeting because I'm not used to seeing them with their face completely covered. So it's, it's things like that, I think, are going to, to change for a little while, but we will eventually get back. But like the Spanish flu, uh, you know, it was terrible for a while, but society adapted and, and moved on. You know, I, I, I feel that that will happen. It's just we're so used to being a, a small, friendly society uh, that not being able to, to be close to people is just a little unusual for us. It's kind of weird getting onto the bus and not being able to at least do a, a smiling hello to the people you vaguely know because you're on the bus with them. It's sort of everyone, yeah, everyone's so a bit the, more automata. Yeah, is it another of the East Coast nod where you just sort of raise your eyebrows and <laughs> you see a lot of that? <laughs> um, but it's not like it used to be where you have big smiles when you see people when you go into a shop and what have you. Um, certainly here, the, we know a lot of the people in the shops we've got to... to to know a lot of people throughout the community and you it, you know, just get used to walking down the street and waving to people and walking in the shop to say hi and you know they, everybody knows everybody and that's it is just a little more distant at the moment i think that's going to be my new goal for the week is being effusive but behind a mask how can yeah making a point of showing that i'm happy and pleased to see people even if they can't see it yep <laughs> I was at the optometrist the other day and one of the staff members there nailed that. I could see that she was genuinely happy to see me and smiling and engaging and friendly because her eyes showed it. And I think that what masks have done is shown us how superficial some of our engagements are. You know, the, 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 the smile that we, that we usually see, you know, the, with the mouth um, takes away from the smile that's not there in the eyes. So, yeah, it really does make a difference. Yeah, and one person I, I was speaking to the other day said, in some ways a mask is good because somebody can say something and you can grimace, but they don't know. So you can make all sorts of facial <laughs> expression and they're not aware that you're thinking or mouthing something that is not necessarily appropriate. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mahi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou We hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very Time, sustaining. minutes total, distance uh, 1.0 kilometres, average pace uh, 26 minutes per kilometre. Split pace, 26 minutes per kilometre. This is my special app that measures my walk because I'm coming to you 
from the beautiful reserve near my house that my clever mother found and it's very wild and it's very enchanted and lots of beautiful baby native trees have been planted here and there's lots of big old wild native trees and introduced trees and it's very muddy and very slippery and I'm climbing up some big steps that someone's cleverly made and there's lots of tui and riro riro and bellbird singing around me and it's super beautiful and there's bunny poos and gorse so it's a real melting pot for all these different life forms being brought together and of course now it's a real space for healing and regeneration but of course when all these species were introduced that was part of a healing and part of a transformation for those settlers who came here so we do really live in the most fascinating place in my opinion in the whole universe and of course here we are in level two so I'm able to frolic about which is wonderful and I'm so grateful to everybody in Tamaki Makoto and all over the world working so hard to protect each other, to protect ourselves. And I'm so grateful for all the lives that have come before my life, making it possible for me to live in the way that I live, leaving this beautiful paradise the way it is for me to enjoy. And of course I want to do my best to contribute as consciously as I can to those lives that are around me now the lives that will come after to really honour that work of all those lives that have come before and as I huff and path up this very steep muddy hill <laughs> I hope that you're having a great day too I hope you can look back on the day feel a real sense of pride and accomplishment with everything that you've contributed thinking about all the skills that you've gained over your life and your innate skills, creativity, nurturing, care, observation, appreciation of beauty, all these things as a species that we so effortlessly possess. How wonderful. And of course today we find out whether we will move levels and I think that we won't because there are some new cases that have popped up outside of Auckland and of course in dealing with Delta we're dealing with a much more infectious and difficult strain but I believe in us I have faith in us that with all of us working together which we are we will be able to eliminate Delta and with everybody more and more becoming vaccinated we will be safer and safer in the future which is fantastic so I really hope for you that you're able to get out and explore whether it's a wild enchanted reserve or just somewhere around your beautiful home whether it's somewhere in your mind whether it's somewhere in your imagination whether it's revisiting feelings and memories that fill you with joy, help remind you of your purpose and your beautiful essence, your true nature. I hope all these things come to you today and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Andrew Watson. Andrew, um, aside from the directing and, and all that kind of stuff, um, the other context that I work with you in is, um, which I, because I don't work with you in the theatre context, but the context that I do work with you in is the um, the kind of the youth space licensing um, education space. And I wonder, because you strike me as this like massively optimistic person, and I wonder if that video that you were talking about that plays in your head when you're imagining a show, is this, do you have that same thing happen with the kids? Um, probably in a, in a different way. I've, I've always been optimistic because there's always, always a better way. And something that one a person said to me a few years back in, in terms of work was when, when you go to ask them, they say, the answer is yes. The question is how? So if somebody asks you to do something, yes, it can be done. 
I may not know how at this stage. And I think that's a lot with some of the youth and, and the not yet employed that, that we work with, is that there is a lot of hope for, for people. There, I, I believe that everybody has their strengths and even if they're displaying some not so, so good talents, that you, there is somewhere there for them. And to try and get that optimism across to them and show them there is a better way. And we do have a lot of people across the country, um, but particularly in the Eastern Bay, that uh, have come from a, a fairly tough background. And I think by, by showing them a, a better way, showing them optimism, uh, showing faith in them, the belief that, that they can be the best that they can be, um, is, is something that I try to portray. Um, also with the driver licensing, we've, we've found that um, a lot of people have, have hit the justice system because of initially a, a driving infringement and they, they've been driving without a license. So by helping people upgrade their ability, get their driving license, they can legally drive to, to work because some people can't get a job because they don't have a license. So by upgrading their license, they have a better opportunity to get, get work and to get a different job that maybe pays a little bit more. Um, I was talking to another group on Tuesday where they're hoping that we're putting in place a plan for them within the marae to pull together their driver licensing so that their people can get work. They can bring home um, a little bit more money into the family. They can afford to put better curtains up or put a heat pump in or maybe even take the, the family out for a, a meal occasionally. So just by getting them a license, it opens up so many opportunities for them within the community. And that, that to me is, is, is a real positive that you can help somebody turn their life around and move away from, from some of those things that were guiding them previously and give them some hope that things can get better. That is, that is so right. Driver's license changes the world. Even just from an, a photo ID point of view, it is so enabling. Um, before you were talking about people who may have got an infringement for um, driving without a license, a lot of people don't know in New Zealand we have an organisation called the Howard League. So if you have received a ticket or have any... Uh, or have any sort of criminal conviction for doing absolutely anything and you don't have a driver's license, you can actually get fully funded driver's license and lessons um, through the Howard League, um, which is a really great system that we have here. So that's really cool. Andrew, our young people, especially I think here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, we're constantly reminded of these these negatives that are happening in our community that almost act as a wall between our young people and their future. Um, here we've got incredibly high levels of meth usage. Um, we've got um, unemployment, which is, while not as bad as it used to be, is still pretty high. Um, uh, we've got the future of work and what happens to the kiwi fruit industry when it becomes mechanised. We've got a volcano that's sitting just off our coast that likes to flare up every now and then, um, climate change and all of these things that our kids are having to deal with. It's an incredibly complex time. How do you reckon we get them past the wall to their future? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, I, I, For me, it's trying to live in a positive way, um, demonstrating the, for me, the benefits of, of a lifestyle without meth, I guess. Um, working with the the social service providers, um, we've got, got some really good rapport with a lot of the providers across the Eastern Bay who are working with with some of these young people who um, are looking to looking to get away from from that meth usage. I think a lot of them do understand that it's it's not necessarily the best thing, but they don't know how to get out of it. They don't have a reason to get out of it, whereas working with them and saying, look, we're going to help you get your driver's license, which will help you get a job. But to get a job, you do have to be drug free. And I think the mo that's part of the motivation is that the ability to get a job, okay, I need to clean up and that I, 
I've got other support around me rather than those influencers who are currently getting me into trouble. I have seen a number of times people who have been in, in trouble with the police or in, in drug programs, when you give them something that is meaningful to them um, or when they start a family, they suddenly have this moment that says, actually, I need to do the right thing rather than the wrong thing in order to be here for my family. And that's probably one of the biggest motivators is that when things are going well, they don't need to access those other places that are, are not good for them. And so by providing a positive environment, providing them the tools to, to move forward, I think we can help them cope with the, the, that myriad of issues that you talked about. So, you know, the, the climate change, the, the unemployment, there's so many projects going on across the Eastern Bay that have the potential to provide employment that um, we want to use the social procurement. We want to get local people trained up to, to be a positive part of the community. And that to me feeds more positivity when they see mum, dad, uncles and aunties suddenly doing well. And that, that then gives them something to look forward to. It's when you've had three or four generations of not being employed that that becomes the norm. So we need to turn that around and, and make the norm is um, being part of the community, being part of the family um, and wanting to contribute to society in a positive way. If I had a, an unlimited budget and came to you and said, solve the biggest problem in our community, here's everything you need to do it, what would that problem be? Oh, um, wow. Well, this town, I think it is getting people away from the the drugs and the, the negative influences. I think that is the hardest part. And unfortunately, that is fueled by the gangs in a lot of ways. Um, and yet I have heard also of, of some people who are gang members but are turning their life around away from the drugs. The gangs, in a way, do provide some of the whānau support that is not available to some young people. Um, and if there was a way to, to provide that in a positive way, uh, rather than the gangs being um, seen as the way forward, but it's also can be a very negative way. So when you've got the two different factions in town, I see that a lot where you can't bring certain people into Whakatane or you can't take people from Whakatane to Kaurau or to Poriki because um, it's unsafe for them. I'd love to be able to be able to everybody to roam free across the, the region without fear of retribution because you, you wear a different colour. And so, yeah, solving that problem um, and providing the positives that the gangs provide to, to young people and that, that whānau support, um, that's what needs to be done. But I don't necessarily know the way they're doing it is, is quite right. Hmm. That is a very good plan. Let's get some funding and do that. <laughs> is there a crossover yeah, between? Is there a crossover between those two worlds, between the the gangs and drugs and theatre? Um, gangs and drugs and theatre. Yes, certainly. I think theatre can provide an, a family approach. That's what I always talk about. My theatre family. They are not blood relations. But we have had you know, a lot of people within different theatre groups that we've been in, in Wellington and Whakatane, that given that I've got just a little bit of silver here and not a lot of hair at all, but just a little bit of silver, we are seen as almost adoptive parents to some and that they come to us if they've got problems. You know, they, they know that they can talk to us. And so in a way, it does provide a way of talking to somebody who is of your parents' age when you don't want to talk to your parents because that, you know, <laughs> that can be difficult. And so um, I think the theatre is certainly for us a, a good group of people that's very supportive and, and that's one of the things we love. I guess there's, there's a lot of other groups that you can join that provide that same um, collegiality and support to, to their members. Um, but not necessarily having to get hard into the drug scene. 
Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have the Beatles' a Magical Mystery Tour. Why this? Um, for me, the world is a magical place, but it's also a huge mystery. Um, we don't know what's coming up next. And one of the things that's exciting in some ways about not knowing what's coming up next is that um, most of the time it's very positive. And, yeah, you being a magical mystery tour, this, this whole life journey is a mixture of magic and mystery. And uh, who knows where we're going or when we're going to get there. Um, we will have all different experiences along the way that will teach us and challenge us. We've seen lots of changes in society over the last year and a half. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? What I'm hoping will stick is that people almost have come together more, even though it might be through electronic means, that when Jacinda talks about the team of five million, I think there's maybe a team of four and a half million and there's a few rat bags that are, are spoiling it, but mostly I think what it has done is brought people together because they can't be together. And that's maybe something about humans that you try to do what you're not allowed to do. And so when, when times are tough and we've seen it throughout history many, many times, when times are tough, people stick together. And as a, as a race, the human race, doesn't matter where your background is from. We all tend to work together to, for the greater good. And that's kind of where, where I like to see things go. Why do you think the be kind message has resonated so much? I think deep down humans like each other. <laughs> they, they want to support each other. And it's, they all know it's the right thing to do is to be kind. Um, and that's the way that you, you bring people on board, I think. The negativity... People don't like to be around that. They like positivity. 
And so the be kind message is we're all in this together. I understand you. Um, I know where you're coming from. We all want to get back out there and, and be like we were. And so the be kind message helps us do that. I wonder what it's going to take for us to scale that up to not be a team of 5 million, but be a team of 7.9 billion. Um, I think travel does help you understand other nations. And when we get back to, to having travel, um, for, for people who have had the opportunity to go to other countries and learn about different cultures, that does start to bring us together. Um, yeah, team of 7.9 billion all going for the same thing. Sorry, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. But I, I do believe that travel brings communities together in a lot of ways. I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we shall have to be quick. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Biggest success? Probably a change of lifestyle for me. Um, I was in the corporate world in Wellington and uh, as an IT manager and my wife and I made the decision that we wanted to come to Whakatane to change our lifestyle, more relaxed, but live the sort of life that we want to live as opposed to getting up in the morning, commuting. We're, we're both working in Whakatane, but we're not driving half an hour to work or an hour and a half to work. Um, we've got a lifestyle that is, is more relaxed, more um, about us than, than about striving for, for status in the industry. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's the superpower that's got you into the mansion? Probably a positivity, I think, as, as Moeda said, that uh, having a positive attitude and seeing the best in people. Everybody has the opportunity to be great. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Not at all. <laughs> I just, I'm, I like to just go about and do my thing. And I do believe in the best in people. And I go out there to do what I can. I certainly wouldn't say that I was an activist or trying to change the world in any way. I just do what I do. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Seeing change in people, I think, and that, that's the biggest thing is when you, and that, that works across theatre or whether I've been employed um, in a manager's role, it's, it's growing people and seeing them change, seeing them develop into the people that they want to become. So getting the best out of them. And sometimes they can't see it themselves, but helping them see what they can do and then watching them work about achieving it is really special. So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or two? I guess work-wise is, is just getting some more people through the, the driver operator training, and that's, it's really about getting people off of the couch and into employment. So that, that's probably the biggest thing there. And yeah, theatre-wise, I guess, is getting through the next show <laughs> without lockdown again. Um, and then looking for my, my next theatre challenge. But again, it, it's all about just doing something that I've never done before or doing something differently the way I've done it. Um, even though I've done theatre for 30-odd years, every single show is a challenge. Every single job that I've had has challenged me in some way. So when, when the challenge no longer stops, I look for something different. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Stay positive. Um, I think just be who you are. That's, that's the main thing is just living the life the way you want to live. And I think that generally becomes being a good person. So living with passion for everything you do. Thank you for that. Mawira. Andrew, you make an extraordinary contribution to our community with the um, with all the theatre stuff and all the 
working with youth and just your general positive outlook and the way that you share it. Thank you for making that contribution and for the impact on all the lives that you impact on um, in such a positive and meaningful way. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. Put down the knitting, the book and the broom. It's time for a holiday. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret Come taste the wine Come hear the band Come blow your horn Start celebrating Right this way your table's waiting What woods permitting Some prophet of doom To wipe every smile away Life is a cabaret Old chum So come to have this girlfriend known as Elsie with whom I shared four sordid rooms in Chelsea she wasn't what you'd call a blushing flower as a matter of fact she rented by the hour the day she died the neighbors came to snicker well that's what comes from too much pills and liquor but when I saw her laid out like a queen She was the happiest corpse I'd ever seen You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Atago Polytechnic. What good is sitting... We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. You can find us on Facebook and, and subscribe me, wherever you get your podcasts. As for me, I made my mind up back in Chelsea when I go. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Eliza Minnelli with Cabaret. Stop by admitting I am Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and also in Fakatani we've been joined by Andrew Watson That was Blowing Rubbles We hope you enjoyed the show This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.